0: Welcome to WKJP News Radio, the podcast that talks about the 90s sitcom News Radio, one episode at a time. You see, that's my American accent that I put on for the podcast. What do you think, Kaylee?
1: You did a bang up job, Jordan.
0: Righto. Tip top. Today we'll be talking about season two, episode 15, entitled Zoso.
1: For the record, now I know what the titles are. They're Led Zeppelin albums. I it, saw the list.
0: Yep, she saw the episode list that I had been. Trying very hard to hide from her, but no, you hadn't a little bit. Like when you, I mean, it was
1: on the DVD menu. I
0: know, but I would always try to like start this episode before you came (laughs) down to watch. So you get to
1: see it, kind of.
0: I like to ask at the top of the show, Kayleen,
1: how you doing? I ate a lot of hot dish tonight. (laughs) Maybe that's why I'm kind of sluggish. For those of
0: you outside the Midwest, that is
1: casserole. Casserole. And for a few outside of the United States, it is stew? (laughs) I don't think so, no.
0: I think it's still a casserole. Goulash? Actually, I think the word casserole... A bake. It's a bake? Is it? I don't know. This was tater tot hot dish, so it was extra Midwest.
1: (sighs) Okay, great.
0: So we like to ask at the top, what have you been watching lately?
1: Why do I forget that you ask this every time? Um...
0: Have we watched anything together recently? I don't feel like we have.
1: I feel like I just binge-watched something that I really liked, but I can't think of what it was. I've actually been reading more. Yeah. I've been trying to read more books. I just read a couple of books in the last two weeks. Yeah. So maybe I'm reading more. Great. I can't think of anything. I mean, clearly, if I watched something and I really liked it, it didn't stick with me. So. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hmm. I've been watching a few things, but nothing that's really blown my mind or anything.
1: Oh, I know what we watched. What did we watch? We watched? watched the woman in the window in the house across the street. That's what it was.
0: Let's talk about yeah. that. So Is that, that did I was... Say, did I say the
1: title right? The, the woman in the window in the house across the street? It's deliberately long. It's convoluted. something like that. Yes.
0: The woman in the window across the house, street from the girl in the house. No. <laughs> Kristen Bell. No, it
1: would make sense if it was the woman in the window.
0: The woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window. That's what it is.
1: Okay. Yeah. It was really good.
0: It was, yeah, it was really funny. It was kind of towed this weird line between being like super serious.
1: Like you almost couldn't tell if it was supposed (laughs) to be funny, but then there were some moments where like, oh yeah, this is a comedy. Mm -hmm. Because I like those kind of drama books, movies.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it was a good send-up yeah. of that genre.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I got nothing else with it. I just really enjoyed it. It, it was,
0: was very pleasant. It was a pleasant diversion.
1: I guess I have a lot to say.
0: Oh, that's okay. I uh, I finished Great News, which was that Tina Fey-esque show that I had been watching. It was fine. It was very cute. Again, if you like that kind of humor, oh, it's a good one. Uh, I restarted watching Sneaky Pete. I haven't really stuck with it. Mm. The one that I wanted to talk about is I have started watching a show called The Righteous Gemstones. Have you heard of this?
1: Sounds like an 80s uh, Saturday morning cartoon. <laughs> a little bit,
0: yeah. So basically this show is if you took Jim and Tammy Faye
1: mm-hmm.
0: and Tammy Faye died and then Jim continued to like do the TV program and mm-hmm. they had three like miserable kids... <laughs>
1: Oh, This would
0: be all about, like, their miserable kids.
1: Got it. Yeah.
0: It's uh, Danny McBride, who you probably know from Eastbound and Down, or he's been in a bunch of things, but his whole, like, sense of humor is just, like, he's just a totally self-absorbed, awful prick. <laughs> like, mm. um, I don't typically love shows where the comedy is like hey look at these people aren't they miserable aren't they terrible people uh but this one he's just really funny at it so it's been pretty good it's got john goodman as one of the main characters cast is stacked it's
1: he's like super thin now right i mean
0: he looks normal
1: right he has lost a lot of weight and now he looks
0: like a normal person Because i
1: did watch a few episodes when they like rebooted roseanne sure and it's just like he doesn't look like what I picture John Goodman looking like.
0: No. but I think he got sober and lost a lot of weight.
1: Mm.
0: That's my understanding. Mm. So I don't know that I'm only a few episodes into The Righteous Gemstones, and that's their name. The last name is Gemstone. So that's they're weird. these weird, like, southern preachers with, like, mm. a big televangelist angle.
1: That sounds like a 70s hippie cult name. <laughs> it does a little bit, but, yeah, it's fine. Mm.
0: All right. We also like to ask a question at the top of the episode. Oh, no. Kayleen, what's your question?
1: Is it my turn?
0: No, I just don't have one. I, th- so.
1: I know. I was like, I think it's your <laughs> turn. If I did the game. No,
0: you asked the one about the hair last time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's my turn. Okay. Here's the question. The question has to do with the discrepancy between expectations and reality is there a TV show that you really, really expected not to like and then ended up really liking, or the opposite? You really expected to like, and then it really disappointed.
1: Wait, is this 90s shows or just any TV show? I think
0: it can be any show. I mean, you know, the more it's centered on 90s and uh, sitcoms, the better, but...
1: I mean, you're going to hate that I'm going to say this, but I thought I would like The Wire a lot more than I did.
0: Wait. Well, you- yeah, yes. I do hate that. <laughs> I know. <but laughs> you've only watched it once.
1: Yeah, no, I know that. I just, like, I everybody said how great it was, and so I just thought it would, like, grip me a lot more, and I spent most of the time being like, what the fuck is everyone saying? Right. I can't understand what anyone is saying, and everyone's talking so fast, and I don't understand what's going on, and, like, yeah, why would I watch a show that I don't understand? <laughs> no, I'll totally,
0: cop- you have to have the captions on in that show. If you do not have the captions on, it's, you miss a lot of Extremely it. difficult. Yeah. And also, like, it's not a show that holds your hand. Like, it really makes you, like, do the work to follow mm-hmm. who's doing what when. Um, but I think it's a show that really rewards that kind of work. And from my memory, you kind of were treating it more as a show that you could, like, oh, I'll be on my laptop and I'll look up now every now and then. And...
1: I just, think, I just didn't think I would have to work so hard to be yeah. into it. I thought it would be... You know, there are some shows... Like the one we just talked about, the woman in the house in the window or whatever. Like, I feel like we both kind of turned it on and we're like, oh, let's see what this is. And after 10 minutes, we were like, okay, like we're into this or we'll watch this. Sure, sure. Yeah, I just like nothing about the wire really like grabbed me like I thought it would because everybody Mm. said how great it was.
0: To be fair, that was like, what, seven, eight years ago now? Yeah, that was a long time ago. I wonder if you'd be interested in giving it another try. Maybe. Not trying to push it on you.
1: Don't push it on me. Okay. You're you're pushing one thing already. On me. I'm not ready for another. Sure. Um I'm trying to think if there's anything in the opposite direction that I liked more than I thought I would. I mean, I guess the obvious answer is like I had no idea I would like Breaking Bad as much as I thought I would. It was your idea to watch it and then I was the one who went nuts over it.
0: I'm still surprised you love Breaking Bad as much as you do. I'm not totally sure what it is that
1: It just has everything. (laughs) It It has everything. Like the humor is so funny to me. It's so dry. The tragedy is so tragic. Yeah. Like I was like heartbroken when I was watching that show and I was like laughing till I was crying when it was so funny. Yeah. And I just think the relationship dynamics are fascinating between the teacher, student relationship, the family relationships involved, the business relationships involved. The villains like aren't really all villain. There's redeeming qualities to every single character and Mm -hmm. minus the twins, I think. But, uh, yeah, I just like, I did not think that that show would grab me like it did. And it's, it's a masterpiece. And it's interesting
0: to me that that didn't follow through into Better Call Saul. Which I've watched way more of than you have. Yeah, And that's not an accusation. No, I know. Some people
1: think it's almost bad. It's almost like I consumed Breaking Bad and I enjoyed it so much. I'm like, why would I want more to like, I don't need any more of that universe.
0: And yet you jumped on it when uh, El Camino came out. Of course I did because it
1: was the same, of course. It was Jesse. Yeah, exactly. And oh my God, that was so satisfying because El Camino was so... It was, like, the perfect dessert. It was, like, because it, it could have been so bad, and it could have just been, like, unnecessary. And in some ways, it was unnecessary. They didn't need to do it, but yeah. I'm so glad that they did. And I, I think
0: it was very pleasantly unnecessary. Like, yeah, I, it yeah. didn't. It answered a bunch of questions that were not lingering in my brain, and so I was like, okay, yeah, no, I'll spend more time in this universe. Yeah, Great, fine. Right. But, like, I didn't
1: need it. But even that, like, it just gave you... Enough, Like, it gave you enough to get him out and find out, like, where he's going to go. Sure. But you still don't know where he ends up. Yeah. You know? And, like, yeah, I just have a lot of feelings about Breaking Bad. Hmm. I still do. Great. Yeah. Now I'm like, I should watch that show again. <laughs> That's a good show.
0: <laughs> and you've rewatched it several times, oh, which is funny to me because... four or five. I have tried to rewatch it, and I can't. Like, it's Why? just too intense. It's just like, this was so much the first few times I don't need to like revisit it
1: the last time I watched it it actually I could watch it with as like a background show wow like I was doing other stuff while it was on because again like I was reading or hearing something one time about how The Office became a show for people on Netflix that was like uh, almost therapeutic and then they said it's because you see it so many times you know what's going to happen so it's really comforting Sure. And I feel like even though Breaking Bad is so violent and so disturbing sometimes, I'm like, but I've been through it. I already know what's going to happen, and so I don't feel anxious about it anymore. Sure. But that was, like, one of the only shows I still remember, like, when that show would come on TV, because we watched it on TV. Yes. (laughs) Back in the days when we watched TV, and, like, there was commercials. Yeah. And I remember, like, being sincerely like, Jordan, you need to not talk to me when this is on. (laughs) Because there was no like pausing or rewinding or anything like that. Like yes. when we had it on cable, we didn't have that capability. Yeah. And I remember like when it would come on AMC and I would tell you like, you may not go to the kitchen. You may not talk. You may not interrupt this moment or I am going to sincerely be upset with you. Right.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I think you were kind of like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, I'm serious. Like, yeah. don't mess with us. See, now we're going to do a podcast about Breaking Bad. That would get me excited. I wonder if anybody's done that. Oh man, oh man, Jordan.
0: Um. So I don't really have one now that I think about it. I was pl- very pleasantly surprised by how much I liked Superstore. I think because you watched it beforehand. Yeah, I feel like I almost got you into it. Like and I was like, was watching oh, "I'm going to give this a try," and yeah. it it scratched that same sort of office itch for me. Like the same rhythms of the show It felt like a
1: knockoff. Like it was like it wasn't really that funny though, and it wasn't really that. Like it was trying to do the same type of thing, but it didn't do it.
0: It didn't do the thing the Office did as well, but it was its own thing, and it genuinely made me laugh out loud. Yeah,
1: there many were many times. Yeah, there were some really funny things in that show.
0: Um, one thing that I watch with our oldest is Gravity Falls, which mm-hmm. I had just sort of like vaguely heard about. Like, eh, let's just give this a try, and I think I ended up like, I don't know who likes it more, me or him. <laughs> so that was that was a pleasant surprise.
1: Yeah. Star Trek was one that I never thought I would like as much as I do. Really? I, you still don't believe me when I'm like, let's watch Star Trek. You're like, really? I'm like, yes. You've, I mean, you've seen all of them. I still haven't seen a lot of them. Yeah. And I sincerely will watch them. But
0: you only want to watch The Next Generation.
1: Oh, yeah. Why would I, <laughs> yes, I don't want to see anything else. I mean,
0: there are like five other series. No, I want Jean-Luc Picard. I mean, you know there's a series called Picard, which no. is him as an old man. But it's
1: not... What is his name?
0: Patrick Stewart? Yes. It is Patrick Stewart as an old man, as an oh, old really? Jean Luc Picard. Yeah.
1: No, I still don't want it. No, because I also kind of like the production value of those like 90s sure.
0: effects. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> huh. yeah. Well, that was not a bad question.
1: We've had worse. We've
0: had worse. As always, feel free to reach out to us via email or social media to answer that question yourself or to give us examples of questions you want to hear us discuss. I did want to say at the top, uh, one thing I don't do as often on this show as I probably should is talk about where you can watch news radio. This yeah. podcast really proceeds from the premise that like you know <laughs> how to get to news radio to watch it if you're going to watch it for the show.
1: I just assume anyone listening to us either A, knows us in real life and it's just <laughs> doing this as a weird like... Snooping. Snooping. Sure. Which is, I totally get. Um, or... B, they sincerely like news radio enough already to be looking for a podcast about it.
0: Yep. And they probably already own the DVDs.
1: Right. Like, I can't imagine there's category C, which is, I'm, recent, I'm just looking for a podcast, or I stumbled upon yours, or I'm just recently getting into news radio.
0: I was trying to find a real show that was, like, news on the radio. <laughs> Instead, I found these two weirdos from the Midwest <laughs> talking about a 25-year-old sitcom.
1: So where can I find that sitcom? Yeah.
0: Well, anyway, I do want to point out that uh, they are available on DVD via Mill Creek. Uh, That's a production company that releases it. I got the box set from them when we started this podcast um, for about $20, so pretty reasonable. For the whole series. For the whole series. Not bad. And then I have just learned that it's available on something called Pluto TV. (laughs) So I cannot endorse uh, that because I don't really know what that is. How but many
1: platforms are there now for television
0: shows? I know. Uh, I know. It feels like every like three or four months it'll be like, have you seen it on Snurzel?" Yeah. Like what's Snurzel? I don't know. It's this weird site that like. Um, it's like Hulu's cousin. It's free, but it makes my nose bleed when I watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you can watch it on Pluto TV that has been uh, pointed out by several people on news radio, Twitter, and then it is also linked to from IMDb. My guess is that it has some sort of affiliation with IMDb. So yeah, give that a try if you're still looking for a place to actually watch the show. All right. Should we get into the episode?
1: Sure.
0: (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Jump into the pipe. So, we don't have any uh, new movies, books, songs this week. Mm. We've got a few coming up in the next couple of weeks, but none right now. One Sweet Day is still ruling the airwaves. So, instead, we will stick to news radio and we will be talking about Zoso. This first aired February 25th, 1996. Written by Josh Lee, Lewis Morton, Joe Fury, and Paul Sims, and directed by James Burroughs. The synopsis is Beth and Lisa ask Mr. James to teach them how to negotiate. Lisa asks Dave for a raise.
1: Well, and Bill tells his girlfriend that he's British. Yeah,
0: that was not included
1: in the Wikipedia
0: synopsis. Actually,
1: I thought another segment we can do is rate the storylines.
0: Yeah, let's do that at the end with the three of them. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Good idea. All right. In the first scene, Dave walks in on Beth and Lisa in the break room. They're kind of hugging and jumping up and down excitedly. He says, I feel like I'm in a home pregnancy test commercial. I thought that was kind of a funny opening line. Uh, so Beth tells Dave all about her plans that she has to sell a hat.
1: I wrote, does that even qualify as a hat?
0: Well, it covers your head?
1: Not everything that covers your head is a hat. It almost is more of like a wrap.
0: Sure. Um, Yeah, covering your head is not sufficient to be a hat, but it is necessary to be a hat, right?
1: There's no brim. It's like anti-brim. But you can wear a beanie.
0: That doesn't have a brim. Yeah, but... That's a hat.
1: That's knit. Yeah,
0: it's a knit hat. Unless you want to make some sort of weird hat-cap distinction.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Headpiece. Head yes. There you go. It went over the eyes. I know. It was a mask. It was a mask more than anything. It was a
0: hat with a built-in mask. Hask. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Show him the hat.
1: Okay. Him... okay. All right. Okay. Don't look. Okay. All right. Okay. Hang on. Hang on. Are you guys ready? Mm-hmm. Tada! Like the hat that guy wore on Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids. Mushmouth? No, actually it was Donald. No, no, no. Donald is the one that wore the little beanie. No, no. Mushmouth wore the red beanie with the. Okay, now I feel like I'm in a Quentin Tarantino (laughs) film, and I want out. Exactly, Dave. This is a '70s pop culture reference. It will sell by the truckload. People from my generation aren't very smart. Mm
0: Uh, so she shows it to him and it looks really stupid. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, it's terrible. Like, whose it's idea so terrible. was this of all the things <laughs> to have Beth? Like, Beth is going to have some product? Like, yeah. why would this be the product? <laughs>
0: yeah, no, exactly. I also
1: feel like this doesn't seem like something Beth would come up with. Like, the person Beth is would not be like, I'm going to make this hat real. I feel like she would do something else.
0: I don't know. I, I guess I could, it didn't seem out of character to mm. me. Um, so she shows it to him. It's really stupid looking. It's this blue, <laughs> like you said, uh, knit head drape <laughs> with a built-in <laughs> mask. Apparently it's a Donald andor or Mushmouth hat from Fat Albert. Yeah. I still never quite got in the episode, whether it was for Donald or Mushmouth.
1: (laughs) I wrote. I don't know this show. Like, I I understand that Fat Albert is a show, but that's not something I ever understood or watched. Yeah, I
0: don't think so either. I think they showed us an episode once in, like, fifth grade, Mm. and even then we were all like, what is this? This is... No, yeah. Mm. I don't even remember why. Maybe it had some, like, relevant message about bullying or something, but... So I mean, the
1: name of the show is Fat Albert. Like that in itself yeah. is not very kind.
0: Yeah, it's a um,
1: which Albert? Oh, the fat one. Yeah, <laughs> that's not nice.
0: Um, yeah, it's uh, based on characters created by Bill Cosby in the seventies. So Beth and Lisa start arguing about whether it's a Donald hat or a Mushmouth hat, and then Dave says, "Well, now I feel like I'm in a Quentin Tarantino movie."
1: I don't get it.
0: Well, because in mo- characters in Quentin Tarantino movies are always arguing about seventies pop culture. Oh. Like, that is a very stereotypical mm. part of his his genre, is that he's obsessed with the 70s. I don't
1: know Quentin Tarantino movies very well. I
0: mean, you know Pulp Fiction.
1: Ish. I've seen it twice.
0: Do you know Reservoir Dogs?
1: I saw that once. Okay. Stuck in the Middle with You. Exactly. The pop Mr. song from the 70s. Mr. Pink.
0: Yeah. Throughout the throughout Reservoir Dogs, they're listening to Super Sounds of the 70s weekend. So that's oh. why it's the soundtrack is the way it is.
1: Mm kill bill
0: uh yeah in kill bill the bride says to bill when will i see you again and he says that's my favorite soul song of the 70s
1: jesus (laughs) god
0: so okay i thought that was a good line it was accurate it was a very accurate joke
1: hmm it flew over my head that's fair So Beth,
0: like, hangs a lampshade on this. She says very specifically, this is a 70s pop culture reference. It'll sell. People from my generation are not very smart.
1: You've said that on the podcast like four times, hanging a lampshade on something. It's a term. (laughs) I've just never known anyone in my whole life to say that except for
0: you. Speaking of which, I have been reading the Chuck Klosterman book, The 90s, and he has a whole mini chapter about the 90s obsession with the 70s. I mean, it's common knowledge that in terms of pop culture, things will often look back about 20 years.
1: Yeah, that's why everyone likes the 90s now. Exactly.
0: The 80s were interested in the 60s. Mm -hmm. The 90s were interested in the 70s and so Mm -hmm. on, right? Chuck Klosterman made a really interesting point and I wanted to just read this very briefly. He has a very interesting um, perspective on why the 90s were obsessed with the 70s in a very specific way. He's talking about that 70s show. Mm -hmm. which could really only have come out in the 1990s. He said, That 70s show merely exemplifies the psychological duality of how the 70s had come to be considered by the end of the 90s. The 70s were beloved, but not as a historical period. The 70s were beloved as a collection of stuff, some of which was cherished precisely because it now seemed dumb. (laughs) The 70s are beloved specifically because of the pop culture ephemera things like the dumb mushmouth hat from fat albert
1: right
0: so then later talking about um the remake of the brady bunch movie do you remember that came I out do,
1: yeah
0: that movie was obsessed with reminding the audience that most of what qualified as mainstream entertainment in 1972 was terrible some of the jokes were funny but the main joke was directed at the audience you know you used to actually like this his argument as it goes on is basically like the 70s were the last time that pop culture seemed like it could be created completely accidentally. Whereas by the 80s, pop culture had become such a gigantic industry basically in music, movies, TV, all that, all those different media that everything was so formulaic and so created on purpose. The thing that people were interested in the 90s was the ephemera of the 70s simply because it was the last time there was this sort of like realism to the ephemeral pop culture crap.
1: Hmm. I'm glad you find that interesting. (laughs) That's it. Great.
0: So Beth doesn't actually have a business plan, but she has quote unquote hustle, (laughs) which Dave criticizes her for. Um, My favorite part is that Matthew runs into the break room to try on the hat. He puts it on backward (laughs) because he's going to, like, scare Joe or, like, make a joke for Joe. It's not exactly clear. But he puts it on backward so he can't see because the eye holes are in the back of his head. And instead of Joe, it's Catherine. So he starts doing the Fat Albert voice. Um, He takes it off and realizes that it's Catherine. And she throws her smoothie in his face.
1: I feel like she threw that more violently than Andy Dick was expecting. I
0: think so. And it, you can see that uh, Vicki Lewis is surprised as well. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Which like, I mean, if I was going to throw a drink in someone's face choreographed, I would probably throw it hard too.
0: Yeah. Make it work. Right. So then we get the credits. In the next scene, Lisa comes into Dave's office. She wants a raise. Uh, Dave kind of freaks out a little bit. He convinces her to send Lisa, the girlfriend, out and send Lisa, the employee, in. Lisa, the employee, comes in, asks for a raise and Dave says no pretty harshly. She goes back out and he comes back in and says, that was really mean. Um, I thought that was pretty funny.
1: I mean, I, I don't really like either of them, but I, I side with Dave in this one. Like the way she comes in and is like, I want a raise. I can totally empathize with Dave that like he's in a weird position and so is she. And she doesn't seem to realize that she is.
0: Yeah. I would like to point out that you're constantly accusing Dave of not being professional. And this is a way in which he's
1: trying. trying. I know. I was like, yeah, that's right. Like you need, if you're going to actually have things be separate, one, don't talk about how you get your girlfriend sexing you up at work. But, um, but yeah, I actually agreed with him. And I also wrote down like, this is not how you ask for a raise. Like, you don't just go to your boss and say, I want to raise. Right. I actually, I wrote later that th- throughout this episode, I kept thinking, like, is Lisa smart or dumb? <laughs> like, I keep thinking she's smart, but then she does dumb things. I don't know.
0: I think, yeah, that's great. That's a great question. I, I think she is smart. I I don't think she does a lot of things that I would... Obviously classify as dumb, but she sometimes makes a muddle of things in a comedic way.
1: Yeah, I just, there are things that I'm just think like, I don't think her character would do that. Mm. I don't know. Okay. Have you ever asked for a raise?
0: Uh, no.
1: Hmm. I never have. I have. Yeah? I was told no. Oh, really? (laughs) I was told it was not in the budget and that I should... Uh, like revisit the conversation in six months or something. And by then I had left. Huh. But yeah. But I didn't go in our office and say, I didn't go in my boss's office and say, I want a raise. I stared her right in the, straight in the eyes. No. Stared at her forehead. No. I gave some reasons at the very least as to why I thought I had earned a raise. Sure.
0: But, yeah. Out of the conference table, Bill starts to tell Joe, Matthew, and Catherine that his girlfriend is coming up and they should quote unquote play along. <laughs> so... I like that Joe is pretty incredulous that Bill has a girlfriend. He's like, you don't have a girlfriend. And then uh, when Bill argues back, he's like, you didn't tell me. And I love the way Matthew says, you got to tell Joe. <laughs> Just that it's really funny. What Bill wants them to play along with is that he has told his girlfriend that he is British.
1: There was a lull for me.
0: Yes. It really, I could tell it surprised you. I could tell you didn't see it coming. No,
1: I liked that. Like, it's absurd enough, but still realistic. Like, that could be a predicament you find yourself in, maybe. Yeah.
0: And they all crack up, too. I like that Joe kind of, like, throws his head back laughing. Like, he thinks it's really funny. So Bill has had to watch a bunch of Benny Hill tapes to keep his accent up. Um, He's also told his girlfriend that he puts on a fake American accent when he's on the radio. Um, and so Joe and Catherine both kind of like walk away in disgust. Matthew sticks around to help by offering a bunch of facts about the English versus American dialects in the break room. Beth is explaining the Donald hat to Mr. James and he's like, yeah, I know what this is. He puts it on and he does what I think is a pretty good Donald impression. I I don't know if it's accurate, but it, it makes me laugh.
1: Everything in this show makes you laugh
0: No, some things don't, but most things do I know <laughs> And some things really do Yep See, sir, it's based on a TV show from the 70s which
1: has Please, different... Beth, I'm not an idiot I know a Mushmouth hat Want to see one How you made me, It's actually a Donald hat
0: Well, apparently you didn't see the episode Where uh, Mushmouth stole Donald's hat Taught us all a lesson about respecting each other's property Hey, you know what we didn't have at the beginning of this episode? No, I'm sorry. We did. I was going to say we didn't have a Matthew Pratt fall, but we did.
1: No, we, we did. totally did. We had a
0: smoothie thrown in his face. Oh, darn. I was, I was going to be so excited to be like, see, they're breaking the mold. They're- <laughs> no,
1: they're not. They're firmly in the mold.
0: So Mr. James is going to teach Beth and Lisa about negotiation. Um, I also like the fact that Mr. James can't find a coffee mug, so he just dumps the cream into the pot of coffee and starts drinking out of the pot. I thought
1: that'd be really hot.
0: Yeah, it probably would. The cream would cool it down, but... there's a lot of cream. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes when I really want coffee, I do think about, like, it'd be nice to just drink this straight from the pot. So Beth guesses that one tactic is that she should just burst into tears and cry like a baby until she gets what she wants. Uh, Mr. James says, no, 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 no. So his first secret of negotiation is, you say nothing. You just stare at the guy. So Mr. James comes over and he just stares at Beth and he's really intense. He says, you stare at the center of the guy's forehead. um, Which is why you never do business with a Cyclops.
1: That's a terrible joke.
0: I, I know, but even in the show, they recognize it as a terrible joke. That's why Beth and Lisa just sort of like stare at him. You know how much I like humor where yep. somebody doesn't find something funny? I do. Yep. yep. So Lisa walks out to try this tactic on Dave, but it doesn't work. He thinks there's something on his forehead. Um, I do like the way that she stares at him. She gets this really, like, intense, like, screwing up her face kind of oh, staring. I hated
1: that. I hated this whole... Really? Oh, yes, I hated this whole subplot. Oh. It was stupid.
0: What, what was stupid about it?
1: Like what she was doing was dumb. Her face looked dumb. It doesn't do anything. <laughs> like you're not actually negotiating for a raise. Like, is I, is this like, do you actually care about it? Like, I don't no, know. No, she
0: does. She's just in, she's just not competent when it comes to putting these tactics like, into you know effect. That she
1: never gives him one reason why she ha- thinks she has earned a raise. Mm-hmm. Like, That's true. Like, so I did say but, this
0: very early in I the mean, show. But the thing is that, Go ahead.
1: Well, clearly we learn this later, but like she doesn't actually maybe think she has earned her raise. Like this isn't merit-based. This is I need money.
0: Yeah. So there's that. We find out later. Also, I said very early on in our podcast that I think Lisa thinks her work stands on its own and she doesn't need to like play the office games or, you know, politic in a way that would get her advancement, right? This is something I said in the very first pilot episode. Where she just thought she was going to get Dave's job because she's so good at her current job. So I mean that might be part of it. That she thinks like I don't need to give you reasons like you you see
1: Does she think she's really being effective, looking like Adam like an idiot?
0: I think she's not a good negotiator. Sure. Yeah. But then I don't know. Maybe it is inconsistent with her character.
1: Yeah, because I feel like in some ways she's actually really rational and really logical and very competent straightforward and very and,
0: competent. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm open to that possibility that this actually doesn't fit that well with her character.
1: Yeah. Also, if you want to talk about getting a raise, you don't bring it up six times. You don't bring it up in the middle of the office. Yeah, like, yep.
0: You totally. schedule
1: a meeting. I don't know.
0: <laughs> so... Secret of Negotiation too. according to Mr. James, always answer a question with a question. I did like the fact that Mr. James is eating checks out of a box with a spoon. (laughs) So, like, Mm. in the time that Lisa walked out, talked to Dave, came back in, he has switched from the coffee pot (laughs) to a box of
1: checks. I didn't notice that.
0: Yeah. So Lisa tries this tactic with Dave, and it doesn't work either. She's bad at it. I agree with you. This part is not funny. This part didn't do much for me. Yeah, no. This whole kind of plot was done much better in the office when Michael is trying to uh, combat Daryl asking for a raise. Right. Yep, I agree. I agree with my own point. (laughs) In the next scene, Bill's girlfriend comes up to the office, played by an actress named Linda Ferguson. Um, I tried to find out more information about her. She kind of did little parts here and there throughout the 90s and the 2000s. Um, She was somebody's girlfriend on Frasier. You know, that sort of thing.
1: She's really tall.
0: Very tall. Has kind of a a Meg Ryan blonde haircut. Like a mid-90s. popular in the 90s. Yeah. So Bill introduces his co-workers. And uh, when he gets to Matthew, Matthew puts on a terrible English accent. Uh, It turns out that he thought they were all supposed to pretend that they're British. I thought that was kind of a funny, like, yeah, Matthew would misinterpret that.
1: In a ridiculous way. Was Catherine, was she being British?
0: No, because she's not stupid.
1: I didn't think so. And then what the hell was Joe's accent? (laughs) So that's. I thought he was like, he asked, he talked about getting a chimichanga. (laughs) So I was like, are you trying to do like a Spanish accent?
0: It's borderline offensive. And I I, I don't like to make that assertion, you know, needlessly, but like.
1: Yeah, no. That wouldn't play today.
0: What the hell are you doing? You said we were supposed to all pretend we're British. No, we're supposed to pretend I'm British. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little late for that, isn't it, Bill? So, Linda, mm. how long have you and Lord Mech of Neil been shagging?
1: <laughs> uh, Joe, don't you and Matthew have something you have to take care of? Hey, Joe, hungry, mine. <laughs> something to eat. Come on. Why, why, are you, why, why
0: are you talking like that? So my reading was that it was um, Al Pacino and Scarface.
1: Mm. It
0: definitely like sounds...
1: Italian.
0: N- n- uh, in Scarface, he's Cuban. Oh,
1: okay. Sorry. I no. I've never
0: seen that. I, I've seen bits and pieces. I don't think I've seen the whole thing. But, like, it sounds like that sort of accent to me. It also sounds like, like, L.A. Mexican kind of uh, Spanish accent. So, like, mm. I don't know. It, it's... It's not clear to me what he was doing. Um, I think he could tell that Matthew had screwed up and had accidentally put on a stupid accent, so now he was just going to put on a stupid accent for fun. Mm. That was my read of the situation. The one thing I liked about it, he gets away with saying, quote, shit like that because he puts it into this really thick accent where he says shit like that. Oh, So I thought that was kind of cool that he was able to like slip that into the episode. I wonder if they even like notice that in S&P. Mm. In the next scene, Bill is kind of opening up to Dave in his office. Um he's really worried that Linda is not going to like him anymore if he tells her the truth. He says, "She's the first woman I've been with who knows the real me." And Dave says, "She thinks you're British." <laughs> So Bill says, well, wait, haven't you ever lied to Lisa? And it turns out that Dave uh, has at least once when he said, when Lisa said that her favorite movie was Persona by Ingmar Bergman, and he said it was his favorite movie too. His actual favorite movie? Um,
1: Logan's Run? Logan's Run. I've never even seen that. I don't know. Neither
0: have I. Again, more 70s pop culture ephemera.
1: Right.
0: Uh, Dave gets mad when Bill calls that a B movie. So then Beth comes in wearing a more conservative dress. Apparently Mr. James told her she had to before they go negotiate, uh, but she didn't buy it. It's Lisa's. And then Lisa comes in dressed in Beth's trapeze artist outfit.
1: I wrote, I wonder if they really switched clothes. Like I wonder if the actresses actually switched clothes because Beth is like swimming in Lisa's suit, but Lisa doesn't actually seem that much bigger than Beth. She's taller. Yeah. Or, like, I would wonder if, like, Beth's outfit would be too tight for Lisa. That's right. I I, I, I wondered if they had two costumes That's a great question. I don't know. It does seem like
0: it. Um, Because, yeah, I think that it would probably not fit
1: Lisa at all. Right. I think of Beth as being much more petite than Lisa. But I guess, actually, if you're a costume person, yeah, you probably would not have two characters switch clothes. Like, you would have each of them have their own thing right right
0: i like that lisa went the whole nine and actually put hoop earrings and i know i know she like like,
1: she completed the look she really did but then it didn't make sense why did she do that and then immediately covered it up with a shirt i know (laughs) yeah whatever she's dressed like queenie mcbear yes (laughs) well this is because of the earrings right So
0: it turns out that Lisa just wants an advance on her salary now that she knows she's not going to get a raise. She wants about $3,200. There's this weird, uncomfortable joke about selling her body for crack, which like is not only kind of gross, it's also like, it doesn't make sense. It's like, wait, why would she want money if she was going to sell her body for crack? I know. Is it
1: like, it just doesn't,
0: the logic of it doesn't check out either. No. In the next scene, Mr. James and Beth come into an almost empty, I have restaurant, question mark. Like, it's not clear to me what this place is. It looks like a restaurant in the middle of the day, I guess. Like a
1: back room in a restaurant or something. Yeah,
0: there are a couple old men sitting at a table in the background. But, like, it's not clear to me what's going on. So they're going to meet with a guy named Don Green, who Mr. James says is uh, out of her league. He didn't realize that's who she was meeting with. Uh, So he comes in, Beth tries the stare technique, but it doesn't work, and it doesn't work in the exact same way it didn't work when Lisa used it on Dave. She also tries the answer a question with a question technique, that doesn't work either. She shows him the hat, and both he and his, uh, I don't know, his goon, his accomplice, (laughs) are like, what is this? And then they argue about like, oh no, it's a Donald hat, right? Uh, so I do like that Beth's tactics and how bad at negotiation she is seem like they're actually causing Mr. James pain. Like he's just wincing the entire time. Eventually she breaks down crying and Don Green capitulates. He says, no, no, we'll make you a hat. That's fine. I do like the way that she's just kind of sobbing and she says, it's my dream. <laughs> I just thought that was fairly funny. Yeah.
1: It bothered me a little bit. Just the whole like. Oh, women! We can't get what we want unless we cry. But, mm-hmm. but I I get it. I'm like, haha.
0: Yeah, that's a very use
1: your use what you have.
0: Yeah. In the next scene, Mr. James and Beth come in. They are feeling victorious. Uh, Beth agrees to teach Mr. James the crying trick for his deal with Lockheed. Lisa asks for the money from Dave for one more time. Um, he asks, "Is it for plastic surgery?" And she goes, "No." Well, what I would, you know, what would I even need it for? Him? I know,
1: that's so insulting. <laughs> it is. I guess
0: maybe you could think like he's asking that because he he's, thinks that she's embarrassed
1: to say right. it. He's trying to think of a thing that she would not want to say.
0: Exactly. Sure. Yeah. And then she thinks, oh, it's because my chin's too pointy. Do you think she has a pointy chin? No. In fact, she needs her pointy chin
1: because her face is kind of roundish.
0: Huh. She needs that pointy chin. She does. She actually needs it to be pointier. Yes. Pointier.
1: Okay.
0: So Dave pulls out the, I guess, company checkbook. It was not clear at all what that thing was. I was like, that's
1: really not safe. Like, can anybody just write themselves a check? Yeah. Is that what they used to have? I don't know. Yeah.
0: It looked like something that you would, they would be scribbling in it. Gringotts Bank in Hogwarts.
1: Yeah, in I know. Potter. I know. Or like in the eighteen hundreds at the general store. Like, exactly. Here's your receipt. Yes. Something.
0: Here's your uh, prescription for laudanum. So he writes that check, and then he starts to sort of guilt her into telling him what it's for. She tells him that it's for Stewart's band. They are going to record a song, uh, and that will apparently sever all ties between her and Stuart for good. Uh, so Dave starts to question her about the song. Turns out it's called
1: lisa come back
0: come back lisa
1: lisa come back come back lisa
0: lisa come back
1: yeah yeah that and me. he makes her sing it <laughs> would you mind singing a bit <laughs>
0: <laughs> what would you mind just singing a little bit of the song no, I'm, I'm not, not going curious. to sing so I'd like it like no know it goes just sing well, a little no, bit for me it's i'm not easy. dave i can't just sing, sing a little gonna bit gonna i can sing cancel sing the check <laughs> i hate you
1: Right. It, it. Come back, Lisa. He little love killer. Come back, Lisa, Lisa Miller. I I you're just doing this to humiliate me, game.
0: Yes, continue.
1: I mean, that also is so I just felt like that that was a bad, weird call from her. Like what? Yes. Like that's a lot of money you're gonna give to your ex for his band. Mm-hmm. Like I know.
0: I mean, female, female characters should be allowed to make bad choices. Right?
1: No, of course. But I'm like, I mean,
0: I mean, just because you're not agreeing with the choice, like you're like, that's a bad choice. It's
1: not, it's not about her investing in like a band. It's, it's her ex boyfriend. Right. Like, And don't tell me that that's how you're going to sever ties. Like, that's bullshit. I know.
0: know? She might be lying to herself as well. It's not about
1: making a bad financial decision. It's about that it's her ex-boyfriend. I mean,
0: she might be making a bad decision in several different realms at once. Uh, So Dave makes her sing the song. It's called Come Back, Lisa. Do you want to sing it for us? Do you want to give us a little taste of it?
1: Come back, Lisa. Come back, come back. Something rhymes with Miller. You're a love killer, Lisa Miller.
0: So I think it's really cute <laughs> that Lisa can't sing, because mm. I just I can't sing either. So you want me to sing it? Yep. I can't sing. You want to hear it? Yep.
1: <laughs> Come back, Lisa.
0: I'm kind of doing an impression of her singing. Oh,
1: right. You could do better. I could but... belt
0: it out. I could real. I could wow everyone, but I'm not going to. Come back, Lisa. Little love killer, come back, Lisa. Lisa Miller. That was good. I think that was a good impression. So, yeah, this is a scene where I feel that even if you don't like Dave and Lisa's relationship, I think the chemistry between these two actors is really great. Like, I just really like their chemistry. I feel Mm. like they are playing off each other in a very cute and... I'm looking for the right word here. I really just like the way they are relating to each other. It feels very realistic like to he's,
1: me. He's amused by her. Mm-hmm. But like, again, if the circumstances were different, it could have been cute. He should be upset that her ex-boyfriend, that she was, wasn't, weren't they like engaged or nearly married or they'd been dating a long time? They'd been dating or, a long time, yeah. Right. Like that was a really serious relationship. Yep. Uh, he wrote a song called Come Back. <laughs> yes. She's going to finance it. Yes. And yet he's sitting there with his feet up on the desk like, let's hear it, honey. Yeah. Like, no. Like, he probably, I mean, even somebody who's completely not jealous, I think would still be like, mm, Hey. That's not cool. Right. Yeah. Also, it's not cool to put her whole name into the song. I know. I thought that too. Like. The next. Privacy. One, the next verse has her phone number. <laughs> that's right. Here's her bank account. <laughs> All right, in
0: the last scene, Bill starts to tell Linda that he's not really English. Uh, she tells him that she thinks he, she's falling in love with him, so he chickens out and uh, tells her that his parents are in town and want to have dinner. So this the episode ends with him saying to Dave that he has to find two elderly British people who haven't had dinner yet.
1: That was cute. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's the episode.
1: Mm-hmm. We should rank the storylines.
0: Well, I thought we could do that at the end right before we rate.
1: But we just talked about them all, so we should rate them right now.
0: Okay, so Kayleen wants to rate the storylines right now. So, in terms of what got the most time, uh, the Mushmouth hat and negotiation probably got the most time. Right after that, probably it was Lisa uh, trying to get a raise. And then what got the least time was Bill pretending to be English. So, which of those did you like the best?
1: Bill pretending to be British.
0: English. So would you have wanted more of that?
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. That could have been the whole show. What did you think of his accent? Not good.
0: <laughs> yes. It was, it was very, it was like in and out. It was I very know. lightly not good. Yeah. Like it was fading.
1: Yeah. The second one for me was the, the hat and the worst by far was the raise. That mm. was dumb. Yeah. Uninteresting to me. I guess like those two stories, the like, Art of Negotiation kind of wove into both of them, but kind of didn't.
0: Yeah, I liked the Bill thing the best, but I also liked that it was sporadic. Like, we couldn't have had an entire episode built around Bill lying to his girlfriend. I don't know. So, yeah, I liked that one the best as well. Um, Yeah, I'm going to give him the same ranking as you. Mm. I got a little bit bored with the the Mushmouth Donald hat thing by the end and i also didn't like the way it ended with beth showing that oh if you cry then you get what you right, want but yeah right. that's fine hmm. so yeah i'll give them the same so now it's time for yo it's the 90s yo it's the 90s Kayleen what did you notice
1: i didn't have much i i Kept wanting to write something down, and then I was like, "No, I think that's the seventies. I think that's the seventies, like Fat Albert and uh, Logan's Run, yep. and think like, there was some other stuff too." So the only thing that made me think of the nineties was actually one of the like in between shots. Like so they, they do like the shots of New York City. Yeah. There were some Federal Express trucks. Oh yeah. On the street with like the red and blue logo, it was like oh yeah. I remember those. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So for whatever reason, that was what made me think of the 90s.
0: Before it was FedEx?
1: Yeah. 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 Because they were white trucks with a red and blue. Federal was red and Express was blue. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing trucks like that when I was a kid. Huh.
0: I did not notice much 90s. I guess Quentin Tarantino has a 90s reference. So this is in between Pulp Fiction, which was 94, and Jackie Brown, which was 97. So he had only really put out Reservoir Dogs and um, Pulp Fiction at this point. There's a whole chapter in Chuck Closterman's The 90s about Quentin Tarantino. I, know, so that I, was, was, I
1: was like, how did you just know all that off the top of your head? I
0: did know that off the top of my head, but I had also just read this chapter. Mm. Um, so it's on my mind. Yeah, there aren't a lot of 90s-ish references, are there? Mm-mm. That's okay. It is okay. It's okay. It's
1: okay. Okay. It's okay. Let's do the game.
0: Okay, so if we don't have any 90s references, that means it's time for...
1: The game. Okay, so in this episode, Bill is pretending to be British. So this is a two-part trivia round. Okay. Not even exactly trivia, actually. In the first round, I'm going to give you the American word, and you're going to give me the British word. Great. In the second round, I'm going to give you the British word, and then you will give me the American word. For example, in the first round, I might say elevator. Lift. Very good. In the second round, I might say biscuit. Cookie. Very good. <laughs> you got it. Cookie. I have 10 questions. Great. For each round. Okay. These will go pretty quick.
0: Ooh, this is a long one, but it's got go quick, quick questions. No, it'll go quick.
1: Okay. Question one. The American word is pacifier. The American word is? Pacifier. The British word is? Soother. No, dummy. It's called a dummy. Oh, I thought you were calling me a dummy. I was. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing both. I'm doing both. Question two. The American word is eraser.
0: The British word is
1: rubber. Correct. Question three. The American word is muffler.
0: The British word is sound garbler.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Incorrect. The correct word is silencer. Oh, like on a gun? Yeah, what but you, it's, what, it's your muffler.
0: Well, what do you call the silencer on a gun?
1: I'll have to look that up. That you
0: call a muffler.
1: Potentially. <laughs> I don't know. Question four. The American word is flashlight.
0: The British word is
1: torch. Very good.
0: Did you know that was in the episode?
1: Was it? I didn't it, even notice. Yeah. Did he say something about a torch?
0: Mm-hmm. That was the joke between him and Matthew. As Matthew says, they call a flashlight a torch. And Bill says, well, what do they call a torch?
1: Oh, I didn't even notice. Hmm. Hmm. Question number five. The American word is Girl Scout.
0: The British word is...
1: Fireside Girl. Incorrect. The correct answer is Girl Guide. Oh, Girl Guides. I I
0: knew that there were some competing organizations like that. Isn't Fireside Girls a thing?
1: I think that was an American thing, actually. Okay,
0: I didn't just make that up.
1: I don't know if it was Fireside. Fire something. You can look it up later. Okay. Question number six. The American word is diaper.
0: The British word is
1: nappy. Very good. Question number seven. The American word is tic-tac-toe.
0: The British word is knots
1: and crosses. Very good. Question number eight. The American word is fanny pack.
0: The British word is
1: bum bag. Very good.
0: I knew that was Australian. I didn't know if it was also English. It
1: is also English. Question number nine. The American word is bachelor and bachelorette party.
0: The British word is stag party. And... Hen party.
1: Very good. Sometimes they'll call it a, a hendo. Oh. A hen do. Hen hmm Question number 10. The American word is band-aid.
0: The British word is
1: plaster. Very good. Round one. Sticking plaster. You got. Yes, it is. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay. That's pretty good. Not bad. In round two, I am going to give you the British word. Great. You are going to give me the American word. Okay. Should I try to do it in a British accent? I mean... Question one. <laughs> Question one. What is the American... No, the British word is drawing pin. Drawing pin? That's correct. That is the word.
0: The American word is safety
1: pin? Incorrect. The correct answer is a thumbtack. Thumbtack, huh? Oh, okay. Question What t- are you
0: drawing with a thumbtack? I
1: don't know.
0: Blood when you accidentally poke yourself.
1: Uh you are pinning a drawing. Hello, my name is Simon. I love to
0: do drawings. <laughs>
1: what is that from?
0: <laughs> that is an SNL sketch from the early 90s right. with Mike Myers. Yes,
1: I'm like, I feel like I remember that. It's
0: a kid in a bathtub and he's showing you like drawings that
1: he did. <laughs> Aren't they like really scary or something?
0: Uh, No, but he has like guests on. Like once he had Dan, like once when the host was Danny DeVito, he was playing uh, the kid of a mafia boss or something. So all his drawings were like of a guy's being whacked.
1: Mm. Question two The British word is spanner, the
0: American word is wrench.
1: Very good. That's good.
0: If you watch Doctor Who, doesn't he have a, like, a quantum spanner or something like that? It's like a... I have no idea. I've never <laughs> seen Doctor Who. Also, the term is, like, spanner in the works, right? It's like throwing a monkey wrench into something. I
1: have no idea. You've never heard that term? Uh, you are the one who knows all the sayings. It's a
0: saying. It's a, it's, a, it's a saying.
1: Question number three. The British word is braces. The American word is suspenders. I knew you would know that one. Do you know the difference between braces and suspenders? No, but I'm sure you're going to tell me.
0: Braces hook into a little, like, no- knob in your pants. Mm. Like, it has a special, like, hook and latch. Yes, I know what you're talking Whereas about. Whereas suspenders like a have a little, like,
1: clip. Hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Question four. The British word is garden.
0: The American word is yard or lawn.
1: Yeah, that's good. Question five. The British word is hoarding. Hoarding? Correct. The
0: American term is getting while the getting's good.
1: Incorrect. The correct answer is billboard. Oh. They call it a hoarding. A hoarding? A hoarding.
0: Huh.
1: I looked this up in several sources.
0: How do you spell it? H-O-A-R-D-I-N-G? Mm-hmm. hmm
1: Question number six. The British word is jumper.
0: Uh, The American word is sweater.
1: Yep. Some of these are a little easy. (laughs) Question number seven. The British word is patience. Uh, The American word is solitaire. Very good. Question number eight. The British word is ladybird. The American word is ladybug. Correct? Huh. Yeah. Question nine. The British word is fringe. Fringe? Fringe. The American word
0: is lace.
1: Incorrect. The correct answer is bangs.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And question ten. The British word is cot. The American word is crib?
0: Correct. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: okay. Uh, you did worse that round. <laughs> Interesting. But seven out of 10. Huh. For a grand total of 16. No, I can't do math. Eight plus seven.
0: 15.
1: 15 out of 10. 15 out of 20. 15 out of 20. Hmm? 7.5 out of ten. That was fun. Probably the worst round of trivia you've done so far. I think you're right.
0: You, <laughs> picked, you definitely picked some that I've never heard of.
1: Yeah, I know. Drawing
0: pin. I never know. Never heard of it.
1: I looked at the I looked that up in several sources as well. Huh. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, thank you. That was fun.
1: Did you like my accent? Uh it was good. I tried.
0: Yeah. It was better than I could have done.
1: Was it Jolly Good?
0: Jolly good. All right. Now is the point in the episode where we recommend. Kayleen, would you like to go first?
1: Sure. I'm going to recommend. I want to keep talking with an accent. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> so now I'm like, now I talk like an American. This is me. This this is me. This is what I sound like. This is my voice. Midwest. Hello. Oh hi. Hi. Oh. Oh hi everyone. Oh, d- didn't see you there. Oh.
0: Gonna sneak right past you. <laughs>
1: Uh, I'm going to recommend hot yoga. I've gone three times in the last two weeks. I used to go three years ago. I was going probably three or four times a week and it was awesome. And then I had a baby again. And
0: then a pandemic (laughs) happened. And then a pandemic
1: happened. And I don't know if you know this, but doing yoga in a room that's 95 degrees while wearing a mask, not good. Not good. No. So we are finally at a point now where our numbers are quite low where we are and there's no mask mandate. And the classes I'm going to, I think it's really awesome, are vaccination only. So you have to show proof of your vaccination before you can go. And that is nice because I feel a little bit safer being in that space. With everybody sweating and, and exhaling breathing. hard. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they tell you like, breathe in deeply, breathe yeah. out. There's people within two feet of you. You're right. Um But it just makes me feel flexible in a way that I don't think I could be flexible in a normally-temperatured room. Sure. Like, I can bend in ways. Oh, this is going to sound weird. But, like, I can bend in ways I don't feel like I can do normally, if that makes sense. Sure. So, yeah. This is my thing now. This is who I am.
0: Great. I'm so happy you yeah. get to do something you yeah. love again.
1: I really do enjoy it. I I didn't speaking of things that you just really liked and didn't think you were going to.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: You know, like I when I started going to it, I was kind of like, "Uh, mildly curious," and for whatever reason, it's my it's my thing. It's like the one hour that I get where I can just focus on myself, and it is hard as hell. Mm-hmm. And so I can't think about anything else except for how hard it is yeah. and how hard I'm working, and that is great. So nice hot yoga.
0: It's something you and Joe Rogan have in common. He's a I big,
1: don't need to know what. He's Joe a big Rogan.
0: proponent of hot yoga.
1: Is he really? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not wrong. I agree with him. Does he do it a lot? Mm-hmm. Huh. I wonder how. I wonder if he can do a handstand or a headstand. I'm still working on my crow pose. I tried crow pose though last night after not doing it for two years. You know, you like balance up on your elbows. I got up for like two seconds. Nice. So (laughs) it was work, but I did it.
0: I think I would like yoga eventually. I just don't think I have the tenacity to spend enough time doing it that I get good enough that I don't hate it.
1: Well, I mean, (laughs) that's why they call it a practice. Sure. Like, sure. it's always a practice. Sure. And, like, you come to the mat different every time. Yeah. And there's a lot of lessons like that that I really take to heart that I really like. Because as somebody who's never really thought of themselves as athletic or struggled with just being in their body for most of my life, mm-hmm. it's, I like it. Great. It's good. You like it and
0: it's good for you. Like, what's the yeah. problem?
1: Yeah. And then it, You
0: don't little, have to justify it beyond little, that.
1: It's a little expensive, but... I mean, that's okay.
0: Yep. I'm going to recommend a comedian.
1: Hmm.
0: So this is a comedian by the name of Jared Logan. He has done stand up. I think currently he is working as a writer for um whatever late night show James Corden does. I can't remember the name. Isn't it, of...
1: it called just like late night with James Corden? It
0: might be. All of them seem to have like such generic <laughs> yeah. names like the, the Late
1: Late Night. Yes, the late show.
0: Exactly. Um, I think Jared Logan is very funny. So he has two comedy albums. Uh, the first one is called My Brave Battle, which is just a very, very funny title for a comedy album. (laughs) And then the second one is called The Twilight Door. I've always cared too much about this stuff. Like, I remember when I was little, my parents would just say, stop watching TV, go outside and play. Stop watching TV, go outside. And then me and my brother would just go outside and play Perfect Strangers. <laughs> Do you know the sitcom, Perfect Strangers? We would play that. And then adults would come by and be like, what are you guys doing? And we'd be like, playing Perfect Strangers. And they'd be like, oh, that's cute. Are you Cousin Larry? Are you Balky Bartakamos? And I'd be like, no, I'm series creator, Dale McRaven. Could you step out of the shop, please? And in three. Okay. So he, I have just listened to him on various podcasts for probably like six, seven years now. I first heard him on Pete Holmes' podcast. And then he had a podcast of his own called The Secret Masters where he would just have people on. And I've said this to you many times. Like, I just like podcasts where somebody comes on and they just talk about a thing they really like. Mm Mm-hmm. And this was one of those, but it was kind of focused more on like nerdy stuff. So like one guy came on and he would talk about like, he had, you know, some MA in ancient history or something. And he would talk about, oh yeah, I love Greek myths. And he would talk all about about Greek myths and, you know, somebody else came on and they talked about the rock and roll hall of fame. Oh, that's my thing. Like I know everything there is to know about the rock and roll hall of fame. So the problem is as far as I can tell that podcast no longer really exists anywhere. Hmm. (laughs) So if you want to get a sense of Jared Logan, go listen to his albums. Um, They're on Spotify or buy them. You know, there's plenty of places to do that sort of thing. But uh, the sort of secondary subsidiary recommendation is like, it kind of bothers me that podcasting as a medium can be so ephemeral like this. Like if somebody puts up a podcast and then they just don't pay to keep it archived anywhere on the internet. Like, it's just gone. Mm-hmm. And, like, you can't go, you know, buy it. Like, no store is going to carry it, right? Not even Shit. online stores are going to carry it. So um, I have made a habit of, with shows like that, to download the episodes. Mm. Because I there is something that just irks me about the possibility that, like, oh, I listened to this funny episode of a podcast. And... It's just gone.
1: Hmm. Like,
0: it's just gone. I'll never get to listen to it again. So Maybe
1: you should, like, look into some, like, Buddhist principles of, like, non-attachment, impermanence, appreciate. I don't know. You're not... That that just surprises me that you're, like, I don't feel like you're normally that much of a, like, I need to have access to this thing or have this thing. That just surprises me. Of course, like, in a, you know, existential sense, everything is passing away and changing. But uh, it just also,
0: like... It it feels incorrect that with everything being accessible all of the time right. in our internet age. And that everything lasts forever on the internet. Everything lasts forever, but things can also just be totally ephemeral. Like there are so many podcasts and so much individual content that if somebody's not storing it somewhere, it can just like... No longer exist,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or no longer be accessible. Well, so it's
1: not accessible. Like he probably has it. I know. I've Somehow honestly does.
0: thought about reaching out to him and
1: saying like, oh.
0: hey, is that like stored anywhere? Could like
1: Can I have that?
0: <laughs> could you put that up on like you know um, a site and I could download I them? Also,
1: there's lots of like free platforms now too, right? Maybe not. Do we pay to put this podcast out?
0: We absolutely do. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. You didn't know that? Are
1: we are we cutting into our kids' education funds? Or I mean. Okay, I didn't realize. Yeah. Well, I hope your hobby's worth it, Jordan.
0: So I guess my secondary recommendation is, like, if you like something like a podcast, download it and have the files for yourself. Um, I'm the sort of weirdo who will listen to a podcast I like more than once. Mm. And, you know, we have (laughs) this podcast, and it is a limited run in the sense that, like, we're talking about the series, and when the series is done... The podcast will probably be done, so i I recognize that as a thing, and my plan is to keep this up as long as I can, even if you know even if and when the podcast ends. but um, if you like the show as much as I like Secret Masters, hmm. download the episodes as they come out hmm. because you never know what could happen. So great recommendations, all well done. <laughs> Thank you. Now is the point in the show where we talk about our favorite moment. Kayleen, what was your favorite moment for this episode?
1: I mean, the only lull I had was when Bill said he he told his girlfriend that he was British. Mm -hmm. Because she thought he said, radio.
0: But he said radio. (laughs) And he panicked and said, does a vicar eat mutton?
1: Yeah. Did you know that I I recently learned what mutton is?
0: You didn't know what mutton is? Do you know what mutton is? Yeah, it's sheep.
1: Yeah, do you know what qualifies it as being, like, when does it become mutton as opposed to being lamb?
0: I knew this once upon a time. (laughs) That's a weird thing to know. Well, is mutton, like, a grown sheep and lamb is a child, like a lamb?
1: (laughs) A lamb is a lamb and a mutton is a sheep. Yeah. Yeah. But, like... When does the meat turn from like lamb meat into mutton meat? At what age do you slaughter it?
0: Oh, it's it's like um, when you've got a like turkey thermometer in and the thing pops out and then you know that like... Oh,
1: Jordan. Anyway, I just recently learned that. When, I, when is it? I think it's six months. Okay. A lamb is I think less than six months. Well, then I did a whole deep dive into like how old is a cow when they butcher a cow? Because in my head I thought like two or three years. It's like beef versus veal. But even then I was just like, like, or, uh, like a pig, mm-hmm. like in my head, I just always thought like, Oh, when they slaughter a pig for pork, it must be like a year or two old. And like, no, it's like nine months, mm-hmm. which is just crazy yeah. to me. Yeah. But, like, Oh, I guess we've never talked about being vegetarian on the podcast before. Well, yeah. There's enough, <laughs> enough, uh, judgment around vegetarians. You do not need to put that in. Kind of. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah.
0: Same reason we don't talk about politics. <laughs> Not because we don't feel it, but it's just because like, nah, eh, that's not what
1: yeah people are here for. Here.
0: So your favorite part of the episode was the surprise when Bill said yeah, he was in English.
1: I think it was. I think that was a... I mean, I didn't. I didn't overall really like this episode that much. So I think that's it.
0: Sure. My favorite part was when Beth comes into Dave's office dressed more formally, and then Lisa
1: comes into the frame and
0: she's dressed. That's just because
1: you liked seeing Lisa. In I that mean. Outfit. Yes. <laughs> God, are you 14?
0: I, yeah, part of me still 13. is. This show brings that out of me. No, she <laughs> she looked she,
1: she looked how?
0: She she was wearing Beth's clothes. Yeah. And um No, so I liked that. I also just like Mr. James um when he puts on the mushmouth head and he does the mush mouth voice. I don't know. Something about a grown man in a business suit being
1: like... Bring a hat like that. <laughs> wearing
0: a hat like that and doing a stupid voice. Yeah, mm-hmm. did it for me. So with that, Kayleen, what would you rate this episode on a scale from one to five mush mouth hats?
1: I'm going to say 2.5. I didn't care for this one that much.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go even lower. I'm going to say like 2.3. Mm. I thought that there were individually good parts of this, but this... I remembered as being an episode that I always kind of felt like skipping. Huh. Oh, the only thing I want to say before we go is that I have discovered based on the statistics about our podcast, that we do have some international listeners. I've told you this, right?
1: I'm sorry if I have offended anyone with my poor British accent.
0: <laughs> so I can't tell that we have anybody from Britain or the United Kingdom generally. We definitely have some Canadian listeners, which welcome. Glad to have you here. We definitely have some Australian listeners. Good day. Good day. Uh, we have some from South America. We've had a few from uh from Europe.
1: That's nuts. It's great. Do you guys even know what news radio is?
0: So that is exactly my question. Is, um if you are listening to our show and you're not from the United States, what are you doing here? Send me an email. Tell me how you found the show. Tell me Are you a bot? Tell me if you're a bot. You gotta tell me. If I ask you three times, you have to tell me if you're a bot. Um no, tell me where you watch news radio, how you came upon it, like what's your story.
1: Did you think this was just like news on the radio? Like we were gonna be talking about
0: <laughs> so, news? Some, so So definitely some people didn't because we have like downloads of all our episodes from like Australia. So there must be us. maybe. There must be one person in Australia who has downloaded all our episodes so I think they must like it Hmm. so yeah if that's you I want to hear from you
1: it will never cease to amaze me that anyone ever (laughs) listens to this
0: absolutely (laughs) but much less so globally
1: yeah anyone (laughs) not immediately related to us or outside of our county (laughs) pretty (laughs) pretty
0: much yeah anyway that's just something I want to say happy to have you all here international listeners let me know who are you what are you doing (laughs) So, um, okay. I think that is it. For next time, we will be talking about season two, episode sixteen, entitled Houses of the Holy.
1: I would have known that was a Led Zeppelin album. So
0: that's so. the one your dad
1: listened to a lot, right? Uh that was one of them.
0: Physical graffiti?
1: Physical graffiti. I remember. Uh Houses of the Holy. And then there was the one with like the tree on it. I don't remember. It was a long time ago.
0: Sure, sure. All right. So we will see you back next time. For WKJP News Radio, this is Jordan. And Kayleen. Signing off.
1: The theme music for WKJP News Radio is the song You Say But You Don't Know by the band Troubles Afoot. You can check them out on Spotify, Bandcamp, Apple Music, or wherever you find new music. Special thanks to Uncle Keith for our use of equipment and technical support. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, you can reach out to us at WKJPPod on Twitter or Instagram. You can also email us at WKJPPod at gmail.com. If you like our show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts to help us find other listeners like you. Thanks so much for listening.